Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the outer rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me, as always, is my co-host... Garrett K. Jones. How are you guys doing out there on this fine Monday before Halloween? Yes, it is spooky season. And uh, before we get into the... Uh, main topic, what we're going to be talking about, uh, Garrett, you did something fun uh, not too long ago. And yeah, about a week and a half ago. About a week and a half ago. Why don't you tell all of the fine listeners out there what, you were, what you've been up to? Yeah, so um, as I've mentioned multiple times before on the show, um, I'm a huge fan of Empire Strikes Back. Uh, to the point where, like right now, I'm actually wearing my uh, my ATAT uh, diagram schematic shirt as nice. we're recording this. Um, I, I the Empire Strikes Back is probably the most um, seminal classic in my repertoire of, of cinema love, and so anyway, um, I received tickets to go see um, the Sequoia Symphony Orchestra, based out of Visalia, California which is about 20 minutes away from where I live. And um, they were performing Empire Strikes Back in concert. Um, and I have never been to anything like this before. I thought it was going to be a, a lot of fun. Uh, they did a two-night event, and they sold out of every single ticket. Oh, yeah. I have buddies sure. of mine who are in the 501st who were actually outside doing uh, photos and cosplay and stuff like that. And it was a blast. Um and so I ended up going and um, I went and I wore my, my Dagobah State Park T-shirt in honor nice. of the fact that, you know, a third of the movie takes place on Dagobah. Um, and it was cool. Like uh, the symphony orchestra, they I mean, they played while the movie was going. Yeah. And then to make sure people could understand what was happening uh, in the story, they had um, they had the uh, subtitles on the screen so that you could read because the music was actually getting louder than some of the volume. Mm -hmm. uh, but they did have the volume at a certain level where you could hear most of the dialogue without too much difficulty. Um, cool. And it was just an absolute blast. But the thing that I, I really took from it was that the, uh, you forget just how much music plays into the storytelling because while a lot of the audience members were either watching the movie or watching the orchestra, I was actually watching the conductor. Mm. And just from years of being in doing music, whether it's choir music, uh, you know, playing in bands, stuff like that, you watch the conductor because that tells you what's going on. And what's really cool is like there were whole portions of the film, and I can't say exactly how long that went where there's no music playing. The orchestra is quiet. And I'm just like, whoa, it's mind blowing when the music is not there mm. because of those breaks in the, in the music and how just important the music is when it underscores the, the emotion of a scene. Um, and so like when they, like they were playing for like almost they they stopped playing for like almost five minutes going into the whole thing with with Luke trying to get the X-Wing out of the out of the swamp. And oh my gosh, like when the music actually kicks back in and they're playing through that part of the score, it just it blew me away. 
um, just how much more emotional it was. Um, so it was, if you ever get an opportunity to do something like that, um, whether it's star Wars or any other film, I'd say jump at the chance because it is an absolute blast to do something like that. And getting to see any symphony orchestra perform is also a lot of fun because those are musicians that they love what they do. And while they're, while they're volunteers and they're part of the community, these are people who love music and they love to perform music and to see things like that, especially, uh, you know, something written by John Williams is just oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I definitely would love to be able to do that. And it sounds like it was just a blast. Um, I don't, th other than Chicago, I think they might've done it in Peoria which is a uh, a town about an hour away from where I live. Mm -hmm. um, once, um, but other than that, I don't know if they've done it anywhere except for like the big cities around me, like a uh, St. Louis or Chicago or Indianapolis or someplace like that. Right. Um, but yeah, I definitely would would want to do something like that sometimes. But yeah, it sounds like it was a blast. It was very enjoyable. There are a couple of points um, in the in in where the the orchestra did feel like they rushed a couple of bars of music, um, like they had got they had fallen behind, and so the the conductor was trying to get them back to where they were. But what I think was most impressive was the fact that the conductor never once looked up at the screen. The screen was like right above him, and. He's sitting there like, this is how much dedication and focus this man had. He was staring at the score, counting every single measure of time. And there was, I'm sure there was like script cues and stuff like that written in. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, it was amazing. The, the amount of focus he had to stay on task and not distract himself by looking up at the film just blew me away. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it seems like of all of, especially the original original trilogy, it seems like for me at least that Empire seemed seemed tailor made to the, the a movie that would be tailor made to do this too. Oh, absolutely! Of all, of all three of them, it seems like Empire is the one that is like they all have you know a, you know great musical cues and you know great great themes, but just something about Empire it seemed like the like the score really pushed that movie more than the other more than the other ones to me it seemed like like the just the different themes you know han and leia's theme all these different mm -hmm. you know the imperial that's the first time you hear the imperial march the i think that's the first time you hear the imperial march yeah the imperial march the doesn't show up until empire they wrote that specifically yeah. for uh for that movie yeah you know yoda's you know yoda's theme uh, all those different you know great iconic you know, not that the other ones had, you know, had, didn't have great themes. I love, I love Luke's theme from from New Hope. That's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. There um, is, there is one thing that popped into my brain though, mm. as I was watching it. it. Only pops up now because I've watched the prequels, mm. and the, and it's the question of why is it that Yoda and R two D two do not recognize each other? Granted, I the, think they do. Well, no. See, the prequels happen like, like the the prequels happened in. I hindsight. think it's the same thing. You could make it. Hmm, 
That's true. Because I, I looked it up. There are several points through the prequels and the Clone Wars where Yoda and R2 interact on a fairly consistent basis. Right. And R2, as we know from Revenge of the Sith, never had his memory wiped once. Right. So in all of his interactions with the Jedi, he knew Yoda. He yeah. interacted with Yoda. And um, so that leaves that leaves a little bit of a plot hole or at least an inconsistency in the storytelling that does not get explained away because like, I mean, sure, it's been 20 some years, but Yoda's yeah, got- Yeah, I mean, you, you could also make the argument that in the same way you can make the argument with Obi-Wan when Obi-Wan said, oh, I never remember owning a droid, that that was a little bit of- like Obi-Wan technically never owned R2. Like, right. He never says, I don't yeah, know he R2. Knew R2. Said, I, he never says, I didn't know R2. He's like, oh, I never owned a droid, which is true. He never did own a droid. You can make the same thing with, with Yoda that it was just a little bit of, of mind games and playing around, around, you know, yeah, it's like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, I know this guy, but I'm right. going to keep things quiet for right now. But but seeing that that yeah anyway we're getting off topic because we're we're on something a little bit more of a spooky season adjacent yeah spooky season yes uh, I thought it'd be cool to kind of go through talk about maybe some of the creepy scary scariest characters maybe some of the um, episodes and scenes that we kind of can look back at and think like you know a little creepy a little scary you know kind of. Ooh, um, uh, so I think I'll start out and I will go with a, an episode of the Mandalorian that I thought was kind of creep, kind of gave me, gave me kind of a little bit of haunted house vibes to me. And that is, and I can't remember the name, the title of it, but it is the, the, uh, episode where they're doing the prison break on the new Republic prison ship. Oh, that yeah, ending no. scene that were all oh that gave me definite kind of haunted house um vi vibe to it was just kind mm -hmm. of really creepy i like the way they use the lightings and the camera angles and um yeah that was just a really cool and the way they turned everything on its head like you went through and seeing all these things happen to all these characters thinking Oh, they're definitely dead, and then they turned it around like, no, they're not dead. They're just he just threw them all in the in in the in the in the cell. Yeah, um, yeah, I I completely I completely agree with you on that one. That that had a had an interesting twist to it. Definitely did. Um, and then the the ending. I mean, not really not really a scary ending or a creepy ending, but with him planting the uh, um the beacon, the tracking beacon mm -hmm. on, on the, on the, on the twilight, twilight as he, as he left. And then seeing the X-Wings was kind of cool too. Always cool for me to see X-Wings. Oh yeah. Definitely. Um, I think and it's not necessarily a scene or a particular character, but the, uh, uh, the Quarren's, that are mm. officially uh, well. I mean, you get them. The, you see them in Masa and Mas Eisley. You see them again in Jabba's palace, and 
the uh, the Quarans actually creeped me out as a kid, just because the the, mm, the tentacles on their face and stuff like that. And so, I always had an overactive imagination as a kid. And I remember I was about five or so, maybe six, and I licked a doorknob in my parents' house. Don't know why. No, not sure. I, you know, kids do weird things, but just for whatever reason, I licked it, and I had that weird metallic taste on my tongue and everything. Yeah. And the first thing that pops into my head is, oh my gosh, I'm I'm gonna mutate into one of those squid face things. That was what crossed my mind, and <laughs> and <laughs> like. <sighs> I lost sleep for two days wow. until my mom realized she's like, no, 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 no. That's not what's going to happen. Those things are aliens from another planet. You don't, you don't turn into something turn into like that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I'll be honest when it comes to something as a kid that creeped me out. I've mentioned this before, but I remember watching return of the Jedi for the first time and the throne room scene at the end, where you first see the really see the emperor, mm-hmm. I remember being utterly terrified of the emperor. Yeah, you know, um, you know, Vader. We'll get to Vader. We'll definitely get to Vader. Trust me. Um, but just something about, especially as a, as a kid, seeing you know, seeing the crinkled old face and you know, just very very creepy. Ian McDermott does an amazing job. He did. As, as and all of the movies, prequels, you know, everything he did an amazing job at as as uh Uncle Sheev, as I like to call him now. <laughs> yeah, Palpatine was definitely a creepy person. Like growing up, I had a lot of great aunts and so like and great uncles, and they all had really wrinkled faces. So I was just I was kind of used to you know old people. Yeah, yeah. um but I think the uh, the scene that creeped me out as a kid uh, and goes back to to um, Empire Strikes Back is when Yoda first shows up, mm. where he sh- where where you hear you hear him say you feel like what to Luke. That scene just creeped me out because he shows up all of a sudden, like it, it happened. Like I mean, yeah. first of all, you got the 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 swamp monster that tries to eat R two and then spits him out. Yeah. That creeped me out. But then you've got the the sequence where you know they're talking, and all of a sudden, so that's in the back of your mind that there's things here that are going to kill Luke. They are they are dangerous. They're you know, and all of a yeah. sudden this little creature shows up, and he had the the pointy ears. And for what what registered with me when I saw this as a kid was I was thinking gremlins. Mm, yeah, because they have a similar build, tridactyl hands, tridactyl feet. They're small, they're green, they have pointy ears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a couple scenes in Empire that still, even to this day, um, give me, either give me the creeps or give me a a jump scare. Um, The uh, the Dagobah Cave. Yeah. That is um, just, and for some reason, it's still... Just that that little bit of a jump scare is the Minoc in the space slug. When mm-hmm. the when that one Minoc just 
hits on the thing. I still, even though I know it's coming, I still get that little bit of a jump scare. Um, when they fly through, uh, they try to like fly onto uh, Leia's hair. Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. And not to, not to cross streams, but I still do the same thing with uh, Jurassic Park uh, with the. Um, when when the uh the raptor breaks through oh yeah i still to this day just go i know it's coming but um, I, I was on the jurassic park the ride in uh tw it was like 22 years ago in japan mm -hmm. <laughs> and a guy that was on the ride with me has uh as we're going through one of the raptors jumps out from under from underneath a box or something like that he just started cussing at it. He was so he was so scared that he cussed. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Awesome. Um man, I oh I oh okay. Um what oh, I mean there's there's a lot, not not necessarily a lot in the in the in the prequels, I don't think. There weren't as many things in the prequels that were that were frightening for me. I will say uh Mandalorian season two, episode two, the hmm. the the passenger. Okay, uh, that episode freaked me out because of the ice spiders. I don't like yes. spiders. I don't yeah. like spiders in the best of days. Seeing gigantic ice spiders freaked me the heck out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that would definitely. I almost forgotten about that one. Thank you for thank you for reminding me about that one. I appreciate that. Um, it keeps giving. I'll tell you, yes, I know. I tell you an uh, an episode of it wasn't of the movies. It was a, of a series. It was uh, Andor, the prison in Andor. Oh yeah, that was the most terrifying because it's not what you're thinking an imperial prison would is going to be like. It's you so know, psychological. Oh, it just like I just kept watching all those episodes, saying this is the most terrifying thing I think the Empire has ever done. Mm -hmm. Like just the way they, yeah, I mean, use the psychological terror, use that carrot and stick mentality of like, if you do good, you'll get like, and just a little bit of thing like you get taste in your food. Like just just the way they did that, it made the empire even more terrifying and even more evil in my mind. Mm -hmm. Especially when you find out the whole thing of of is you're never getting out. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're being told. You know, I was like, oh, just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer, and then they realize they're never getting out. It was just so. Um, yeah, that was that. Oh. Um, what was it? The there there was a. I think the. Uh, looking at Clone Wars. Um, oh yeah, there's a, there's a lot in Clone Wars. The Brain Invaders mm -hmm. episodes, um, where they they had those worms. Yeah, and they just get in there like. There's kind of a uh, invasion of the body snatchers, um, uh, almost a zombie thing, but it's more invasion of the body snatchers than anything else. And that vibe just it permeates. Yeah. Like, I'm Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say also. I mean, if I remember the episode right, it also had kind of vibes of Wrath of Khan 
with the little ear yeah. worms that would go into the brain that Khan used. Yeah. Um, uh, the episode Sacrifice, where where uh, Yoda's on his own little personal mission, um, mm -hmm. and he gets tricked by Sidious and Dooku, and mm -hmm. they create that illusion, the, the premonition of a dark side Yoda is just oh. terrifying. Yes. Just or like the idea with the ghost of Darth Bane. Yeah. Yeah. I and I mean if you look at it though for as long as Yoda lived the fact that he wasn't at least at one time in his life either temp highly tempted by the dark side or mm -hmm. skirted that I mean you almost think he had to have at some point that be that knowledgeable of the force in all aspects of the force, you have to have that idea that at some point in that 900 years of his, the dark side had to at least started to creep in and started to, you know. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe. And, well, and then there was that episode, Trespass. It was, um, I can't remember which season it was in. But it's the one where the uh, the clones, um, the one of the clone forces has disappeared on this ice planet, mm -hmm. uh, along with a bunch of dignitaries, and the culprits are the Talls, which are like kind of like Yeti like, yeah. And they've been killing the clones, and it like uh, it the way that it plays out. There's kind of an element very similar to John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm -hmm. where you're not sure who to trust. You're not sure what's going on. And there's yeah. just, Oh man. Um, Oh, we have um, a from bad batch metamorphosis. Which one was that one? That was the one that was right before they brought back the Zillow beast where they're on the ship. And it's the, uh, it's the um, juveniles. Zillow beast had very, oh, very right, alien right. vibe. Yeah, that's right. The season two episode. Yeah, season two where they're on the ship. Um, very, very, very uh, alien. Yes. And vibe, uh, definitely. Um, well, let's talk about, I mean, characters. I And I think you, you have to start. And, and to me, you have to start and end with Vader. Oh, absolutely. The ultimate, the ultimate villain. Um and I think there was a uh, a poll put out on GNN, not really a poll, but a question that was asked on the GNN uh, Facebook page about what makes Vader such a great villain. And I said, you only have to look at Andor, or not Andor, but um, Obi-Wan and the scene where Vader first shows up in that village. And he's going through that village looking for Obi-Wan just to see why why Vader was so feared and why he was such a horrifying, uh, great villain is, I mean, when he goes through, I just watched that scene the other day when he goes through and he does not even, not even looking, just pulls someone out of a window. And then when the, when the boys that, when the, when the, uh, the, the, the dad's boy comes out to, to try to save him without even looking, without even doing the hand twist, just looks over and snaps his neck using the force. Yeah. And doesn't miss a 
And I, I think what doesn't what's stop brilliant, doesn't even affect him. He just keeps walking. I think what's Go brilliant ahead. about that is is the fact that Vader is one of those characters like you only see his face at the very end. If if you're just, mm-hmm. if all you're going off of is the original trilogy, you yeah. have you have no idea what this guy looks like other than what is displayed in the armor. Yeah, and that is terrifying because he's he is literally a faceless hunter killer. Exactly. That, is, exactly. that is his job. He's a hunter killer. He is faceless. The eyes are inhuman because they're hidden behind those lenses. The, the, the face mask of his helmet is indicative of a skull in its design. Mm-hmm. It's meant to evoke darkness and dread and it works beautifully. Like he, like that very first scene of a new hope where he shows up on, on the blockade runner and the walls are, aside from the scorch marks from the blaster bolts, it is a pristine white. Yeah. The s- stormtroopers almost blend in with the scenery, as they're supposed to. And then all of a sudden, boom, here comes Vader coming out yeah. of the smoke. And he is the most terrifying thing that anyone can see. Yeah. I, I, and I even, I even, I've said this before. To me, the way Vader should always be, as far as like it, within the Star Wars universe, he should be the ultimate boogeyman. He is the one that he's the he's the person. I think Vader is even more scary when when he's more myth, as far as the Star Wars universe goes. When he's more, he's the, he's that person that that parents tell their story kids you know scary stories to at night you know of you better be mm-hmm. good or vader's gonna get you you better behave or or lord vader's gonna come he's gonna get you type of a thing yeah you know? and then when you see him in real life when you finally you find out that he's even more terrifying than that yeah which makes his redemption even more even more even even better when you find out just how evil he was and just how twisted twisted. um yeah not yeah i I mean yes evil but twisted is more is i think is more um because i think that's what makes it so even more is he knew what he was doing and he knew what he was doing was wrong but you know we can go into a whole you know vader's motivations and stuff like that but um I think one of the things that stands out to me with regards to the, this, uh, to Star Wars, like there are some, there are some legitimately creepy moments, even in the video games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now I've only played totally through three Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first uh, game that I ever played through was Star Wars: The Force Unleashed. And while you encounter, there's a there's um, on a couple of locations, you encounter uh, uh, rancors, and yeah. rancors were already terrifying. That whole sequence, yeah. with yeah. with Luke trapped in in the rancor pit, uh, that was t- terrifying for me as a little kid. But in the game, you get to face off against ran- rancors. But there's a boss fight about two thirds of the way through the game where you have to fight a bull rancor. And this thing is massive. It's like, imagine your standard rancor 
doubled or tripled in size, massive tusks coming off of its face. Um, and it, it it's blind. It's out. Al- it's an albino. And all it's trying to do is just, just yeet you across the floor. <laughs> like it is. Okay. Wow. It is ridiculously scary. Um, yeah. because, because even if you stay out of range of its mouth, you're still in range of its tusks. Mm. And this thing was legitimately, legitimately creepy. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I remember one. Uh, we're kind of getting near our time, but um, from the Clone Wars, the Night Sisters. Oh, yeah. Witches they are, were there's creepy. always something scary about witches. Yeah. And just the way we, we mentioned this in our review of Ahsoka. Um, the way, especially when the, the mother would talk, the way they would do the, the voice of the almost the hearing, of like voices. Yeah. Very creepy. Just very, very, Legitimate I wasn't necessarily, um, with the exception of when, when you first saw all the, um, they brought, you know, they were trying to bring back uh, Maul and you see him and he's insane. Oh, that yeah. was terrifying. That crazy, insane Maul. Maul himself. I mean, Maul. Even even when he gets kind of his senses back, he's still a very. He's deranged. He's he's definitely he's very deranged. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Oh, this has been a a fun fun little discussion. I thought we've uh, we've touched on a lot of uh, a lot of good areas, a lot of good things, and it was absolutely been, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I think I think one of the things that we should I, I I think for next week, given how we started going off topic earlier about plot yeah. holes, my thought is let's compile a list of our top three uh, plot holes that we've noticed, and we'll hammer them out. Um, well, next week we actually do have a special oh we do that's time. right huh. Uh, that's right. That's right. So we might have to table that that discussion till the week after. I'm that. totally okay with tabling. Um, <laughs> all right, but yes, we have a uh, a special guest. We'll give you get more information out on that. Um, Who's your special guest going to be? Uh, give me one second. I will find out for you. It is going to be his name is. Jonathan Ma- Jonathan Major is his name. Jonathan uh, Major. Yes. Uh, he he uh, holds a uh, he is the uh, owner of a, a fa- of a uh, large Facebook community. Uh, we'll find out more information from him. And this was set up by uh, David from GNN. Um, so we will get more information out on that as time goes by and let you know um, all about that. So we look forward to that. Should be a lot of fun. Always fun to have uh, other guests on the show talking about Star Wars. So, Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, well, Garrett, why don't you tell the fine people out there where they can find you at? Well, you guys can find me as always on uh, Instagram and X at GKJ underscore publishing. 
where I talk about my show the right way, which can be found on YouTube just by going to YouTube and searching for GKJ Publishing. Uh, on my show, we talk book recommendations, we talk author interviews, and creative writing tips. The tips this season are focused on how to write poetry, uh, which is so far having a lot of fun. I have a couple of episodes already out for season six, um, we, uh, and I'm I'm doing consolidated episodes where instead of doing uh, each of those segments as its own standalone episode, I'm doing one uh, core episode, and then you'll find those segments uh, divided up into their uh, individual playlists as well. Nice. Well, as for us right here, of course, if you want to get a hold of us. You can email us at warthestars1 at gmail.com. That is also our X handle. Uh, all their social medias, you can find us under War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. You can also find us on GNN or wherever GNN podcasts are heard, which, of course, again, we are now on not only Spotify, but iHeartRadio and TuneIn Radio. You can check us out. That's awesome. There. We're on iHeartRadio uh, now? For the show, patreon.com. We're on iHeartRadio. Yes. That's um, crazy. And, uh, I know, right? Uh, you can also uh, support the show, as I said. Uh, yeah. Patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars, or you can go to our merch shop on spreadshirt.com. Um, as, oh, and if we want to know what your creepiest scariest character moment in star wars is uh leave us a comment when we post this video up on the gnn um put this up um on all our social medias just let us know what you think of what the scariest and creepiest creature scene episode in star wars is for you uh, that will about do it for this week. As always, remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. This is the way.